0: You're listening to Be Love Radio. Your host, Your
1: host, you.
0: Welcome to Be Love Radio, everyone. I'm your host, Cadest, and on today's show, Dr. Wendy Trainer will be on to talk to us about how to transcend your emotional pain. Before we get started with that conversation, however, I'd like to take a moment to invite you to get centered to let go of everything that came before this moment for you, and to really allow yourself to be present to this conversation so that you can really receive all that there is for you to receive on all levels. And as you take a couple of deep breaths, we will go forward with the show with Wendy. So thanks for tuning in to Be Love Radio. I'm your host, Cadast, and on today's show... Um Dr. Wendy Trainer will be on to talk about the ten illusions or what she calls the ten illusions she'll She'll go into better detail about what those are before we bring her on. However, I would like to invite you to just take a moment and collect yourself into your present space, so let go of everything that may have come before, this moment for you, and everything you may feel comes after. And just allow yourself to be fully present to this conversation and what it can potentially offer you. So as you take a couple of deep breaths, I'm going to welcome Dr. Trainer to Be Love Radio. Hi, Wendy. Are you there?
1: I am. It's wonderful to be here, Cadiz. I'm just so honored to be a part of Be Love Radio, and I thank you for shining your love and light into the world through this fabulous radio station.
0: Oh, thank you so much. So you are a social psychologist, and you've had a very, very interesting experience overcoming cancer. Yes. Um So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go into what this show is about.
1: Sounds good. So, yes, you can call me... Wendy, as you are, and I, um, as you know, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I was diagnosed in 2005, right after I'd finished graduate school in 2004. And about two months, or maybe it was three months uh, before I was diagnosed with cancer, I'd received my last rejection letter on the academic job market for professorship positions that year, and I'd, I'd applied to over 100 jobs, and my identity was really tied up in this idea of becoming a professor, and mm-hmm. I was devastated, and I cried um, so hard that I actually felt pain in my neck and in my chest, <sighs> and I have an email that I wrote that to to a friend at that time, which I found later after cancer, And it made me think, you know, this cancer may have been an emotional uh, cancer given that here when I'm crying, I'm actually feeling pain where my cancer was diagnosed, which was in my chest and in my neck. Mm -hmm. So I have no, no proof that that's true. I only can say that I went into the whole cancer experience or right before I was diagnosed, I was depressed. I had suicidal thinking, and uh, and, and I had physical pain on top of that. Um, and then after diagnosis, I found happiness.
0: Hmm. And
1: I had lost seemingly everything, or everything material, it would seem. I, um, you know, I'd lost almost my life, and almost my body, and my energy, and the prospects of having a job, and my profession, and my hair, and it seemed my husband, as I was now living at my parents' house, it seemed like I'd lost everything, but what amazed me was that I discovered I was happy, in fact, I discovered I was happier than I'd ever been in my entire life,
0: hmm.
1: having lost Everything except love. I mean, that's all I had really was love, and 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 that's all I needed. Um, and so I started wondering, well, how did I get here? How, how how come I'm happier than I've ever been before? What changed? And I realized. What had changed was that I had made a conscious effort to get all stress out of my life because my cancer was known to be a function of um, lowered immunity, or at least the, they hypothesized that lowered immunity can cause cancer, and that lowered immunity can be a function of stress. Right. And what is stress? Well... I conclude that stress is the perception of conflict. uh, And that conflict is created either by having what we don't want or not having what we do want. You know, having what we don't want or not having what we do want creates conflict, creates stress. And so the way for me to heal is to eradicate all conflict. And so... uh, you know as a psychologist who had studied emotion with Dr. Phoebe Ellsworth my my mentor at the University of Michigan whom I adore for many reasons uh that I won't go into here <laughs> not not aside from the fact she'd offered to, to help pay for my um medical care wow i know and it was massive because at the time i had no health insurance and i had nothing and she said don't worry, Wendy, you know, I'd be happy to pay for this. And that was like the ultimate validation. Right. Uh, right. And that was really, I think, the turning event that gave me a sense of genuine self-love
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because I thought if she's willing to risk, you know, what would be hundreds, over $100,000 to help me.
0: And my well-being.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Just so I could, you know, just so I can to live my dreams. Obviously, or I I shouldn't say obviously, but I felt convinced that I must be a worthwhile human being. Because before that, I'd suffered from shame and lack of self-worth and depression and just feeling inadequate. I felt inadequate almost all my life. And for that turning point, I finally felt like, wow, you know, maybe I really do deserve to be happy. And I think that gave me the impetus to really start making changes in my life. And I made these changes in three different ways or in three different arenas that I'll share with you, Um, one way I got conflict out of my life was through the realization that uh, negative emotion is caused by the perception of conflict. That is, and that's based even on Phoebe Ellsworth's uh, own work, my mentor's work. She had developed with um, a man named uh, Craig Smith something called appraisal theory, and the idea is that our emotions and our thoughts are intertwined. Or linked. Right. And right. anyone who meditates knows this, but for those of us who, who may not be meditating yet, it's a really useful thing to know. Because it means if we change our thoughts, we can change our feelings. So I made a conscious effort to start thinking about love. Because love, as you say, is unity with all of life, right? Mm-hmm. Unity. And so I started focusing on love, and I started focusing on how to turn my thoughts around in ways where they would feel good to me. So instead of thinking it's a challenge, I would look at things as opportunities. Or instead of um, thinking, you know, gosh, I don't know what the solution is, I would start telling myself there is a way, I just don't know what it is yet. And when I'd make mistakes, I'd say, Wendy, well, just laugh. You know, I became my own best friend. And I would just reframe everything if if I felt like a victim and actually, there was one turning point when I realized I had a choice: I could continue to feel like a victim or I could feel like a victor or an absence of right victim, right And I remember distinctly having that kind of dialogue with myself while I was undergoing cancer treatment, and I decided, you know, if I continue to think of myself as a victim, I'm just gonna suffer. So I decided to to forgive people who I thought had maybe been on, what should I say, have created conflict in my life. You know, I wanted to blame people outside me for the conflict I experienced.
0: Right, who had so contributed I, to or,
1: your experience or, of conflict? Or who I perceived as contributing to my right, experience of right. conflict. And instead I made a decision to take the responsibility and to own it and to say, okay, Wendy, I've created the conflict for myself. And, and as soon as I shifted the responsibility from someone outside me to myself, I was able to free myself. Because if it's myself who's creating the negative, things, right? Then it's myself who can create the joy and peace. Yeah. And so what was awesome was I could feel my energy would go up when I was thinking about love, or when I was thinking thoughts devoid of conflict and I continue to do that and I can share with you just four encouraging affirmation thoughts that I would tell myself yeah uh, okay here's one quote when I love myself I love what is sacred hmm. uh, and that just gave me permission to love myself because we're all in my view you know divine entities, right? Uh, another thing I would tell myself is, Wendy, when I when you don't have time for a walk, you need it most, you know. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and for me, walking is a form of meditation. It's a form of negative emotion release. Um and here's a, another one. I would tell myself, I'm born anew each day to keep my focus on the present moment and to release the past. Perfect. Yeah. And then I'll leave you with one more little affirmation I would tell myself, uh, which I discovered through resisting what is is unfreedom, so I would tell myself, Acceptance is freedom and appreciation is happiness. Because if we fail to appreciate the good things in our lives, we fail to appreciate the joy that's been given us. <sighs> and appreciate it, then we can actually feel that Joy, beautiful. Uh, thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You think it is? <laughs> no. Really help me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that's it. Like all of those four points are really a way of collecting yourself back into that that center of power, back into that that capacity within us to recognize the beauty and the magic and the the abundance that's all around us and exactly. within us. Exactly just in four points. <laughs>
1: awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. So yes. you've
0: I mean you've touched upon um you know the negative emotion aspect and and the the power right. of stress in our experience. What I guess one of the the first questions is we are talking about the 10 illusions. What is the biggest illusion of all? That would be my first question and
1: okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, I should proceed my, my answer with, you know, these ten illusions are just the ten I've come up with. I'm sure you can come up with. <laughs> there are 10. hundreds
0: more, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. sure. <laughs>
1: um, but my favorite illusion is this one. I need someone who loves me to be happy. Mm. <laughs> and that's what I had believed for most of my life and now i've overturned that illusion or dispelled that illusion and i now know that we only need self-love the awareness and the experience of our inherent perfection beauty to be happy perfect and yeah and i, I would you know love to add to that a little bit if you don't mind please do yeah okay so I would say probably up until cancer, I really did not have that awareness or experience of my inherent perfection. Um, and how how can people get there, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If, I mean, I'd be curious to hear what you say, and then I can add to it. Oh. <laughs> it's, you know, it,
0: one of the, the things that we... Talk about sort of at least in this mm, circle of conversation, and and it's something that I post on Beloved Radio as well. It's it all comes back to me, mm-hmm. in a sense, and it, it all comes back to you. Mm-hmm. It's it like your your biggest illusion touches upon that, and and I think most of us have that reference for ourselves our our self-recognition is conditional upon mm. other people recognizing us other people seeing exactly. us other people recog- like acknowledging us so it's
1: so well said
0: yeah and it and it's it's been my experience that it's when i turn that externalized focus back when i've returned that stream of attention back onto myself is when i'm at my best, at my happiest, at my, like when I'm seeing myself, I'm happy and connected and flowing. Exactly,
1: exactly. Wow. And I, just to echo what you're saying, or you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems like the external, or the ostensibly external world, the social world, it seems like will almost invariably tell us that we're lacking. And right and that they have the solution to our problem of lack. Yeah. They're going to solve our unhappiness or our whatever ails us. But like you, I've come to discover that we're actually not lacking. We're actually perfect as we are. Yeah. And to feel our perfection, we just need to go within or take time alone to be with yourself, yeah. to create or to be silent. Work with the body and breath. Uh, that is the second way that I started uh ridding my myself of negative emotion was body and breath work, mm-hmm. meditation and yoga and walking. Um And then there's a third way that I can share with you if you're mm-hmm. interested. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now this third way is really intriguing to me because it... It represents a synthesis of what I call science and spirit, or of my research and experience. Um, my research and experience co- coincide in the same conclusion that there may be two fundamental sources of conflict in our lives. Like I like to think of myself as being a scientist of human nature. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's all what we all are, right? Yeah. Uh, philosophers, because that's what we all are. And I believe, based on my research, my own research and my research of other people's research, that there are two fundamental sources of conflict in our lives. And one is what I call external conflict, uh, that is the social world rejecting us as we are. Right. And the other I call internal conflict, which is ourselves rejecting us as we are. Right. And I tend to think that the latter is a function of the former. That is, if our external world, our sensibly external world, is rejecting us as we are, then we may come to view ourselves as detestable or rejectable, right? right? But if our, our social environment is one that unconditionally accepts us as we are, then we we'll come to unconditionally accept ourselves also. And I've come to conclude that, you know, if we can't navigate ourselves into an unconditionally accepting environment, then what we need to do is to what I call become our own everyday group. Yes. Yeah. Be alone with yourself. And to be alone with yourself is to be alone in, in nature to be with what is. You know, it's it's the non social. Be with the non social. Be with yourself. Be with nature. That's all the same. It really is awesome.
0: It really is. And one of the things I've I've come to recognize also is when that sort of self rejection that we often engage with in the form of all the self critical dialogues and all the self diminishing Mm. Mm-hmm. things we say to ourselves about ourselves or believe about mm-hmm. ourselves. When mm-hmm. when you sort of curb that into self-love, when you sort of curb that into total unconditional self-acceptance, mm-hmm. then that external form of rejection doesn't impact you in the same way. So if someone exactly. says no to you, it's no longer
1: the exactly. end of your world. <laughs> exactly. Isn't <laughs> it phenomenal? It's amazing. It's, just, it's amazing. And I'm so excited you said that because... That is an idea that I'm trying to share with people is this idea that you know if you don't mind me talking about spirituality and not, I, I not like no. myself as talk I think of myself as one who speaks of spirituality stripped of religion. Like I, I like spirituality without ideology.
0: Yeah. Right? We're on, and we're on the same page. <laughs> we're
1: on the same page here, right on, right on. So one of the ideas that that I'm just echoing actually what you just said, but I also have it in a little video I made that's online. If anyone wants to see it um, is this idea that spirituality could be construed or perceived as the process of coming to disengage or disentangle our self acceptance contingency on social acceptance, mm. you know, like I think the ordinary human experience, until you start, you know, owning it, <laughs> owning it exactly, is that whatever we receive, we believe. You know, whatever the social world tells right. us right. we are, we believe. And so we we have this contingency, this um, link between our self, our feeling of self worth or self acceptance, is a function of what people tell us our worth is. But, through spiritual practices like meditation or yoga or just being in nature or creating, you come to know yourself and know your own power and when you know your own power, and again, i'm really just reflecting what you already said you disengage you that you 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 you, you burn that bridge
0: mm-hmm.
1: you end that contingency. No longer does it matter what people say, because <laughs> you're content with yourself. Yeah. And I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: It's been such a struggle to get here, i got to tell you.
0: But it's so worth it, isn't it? Isn't it? It's
1: so worth it. Oh, <laughs> it's
0: like unwrapping accurate. the most beautiful present ever. You keep beautiful, undoing those layers. Beautifully. Beautifully. And Beautifully you find sweet. yourself. So... Then
1: what in your view?
0: I mean, we've touched upon it a little bit about, you know, how is it that we discover happiness?
1: Right. Um, so what in my view? Yeah,
0: what in your view is is the secret to that and Sure. What what do you have to say about happiness itself? Okay.
1: Wow. Um, that's a big question. So what is the root what is the secret to happiness? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, there are many different levels, but one level we could take it on. is very simple, and the secret to happiness could be getting all conflict, all perceived conflict out of your life. Uh, you know, to start thinking loving thoughts about yourself and others, to start navigating yourself into unconditionally loving groups, Um, Or if you can't find such a group, to become that for yourself. And as you said, once you are, then what other people think doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. And then the third way for me, again, has been um, working with the body and breath. And for me, uh, yoga is a practice I started in cancer. And I could feel like I would go into a yoga class and I'd feel this weight of emotion, of negative emotion. And by the time I was done with the class, I would get out and I could feel like this cloud of emotion had lifted. Hmm. And through that experience, I became aware firsthand or experientially, not scientifically, but just from the truth of my experience that emotion is energy, right?
0: Yep. yep. Emotion. Totally energy and motion.
1: Ah, see, there you go. That's it. So the secret to happiness is just in my view to get all conflict out of your life. Mm. Um and the three ways I do it is I call it mind love, body love and social context love. And the mind love is thinking the loving thoughts about yourself and others and having that flexibility of thinking where you perceive you 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 perceive yourself as having what you do want and as not having what you don't want so if or I'll go back to that idea in a second so that's the first way is the mind love the second way is the body love taking time alone with yourself to do body and breath work like meditation is the best in my view mm-hmm. <laughs> that's been the like road to to bliss uh, my experience it's it's like um, taking a plane instead of riding a bicycle right <laughs> right and then the third third way has been to navigate myself into unconditionally loving social settings or just becoming my own. Um, so going back to this idea of flexibility of thought, I remember reading a book right before I was diagnosed with cancer. I, I think it was by Thich Nhat Hanh, and I'm not positive, but I'm 99% certain okay <laughs> i'm almost positive positive. and in it he was saying you are not your anger and i remember thinking what does he mean of course i'm my anger you know uh-huh. like before cancer before i started meditating before yoga i had the experience that i was on fire if somebody had you know metaphorically speaking shot an arrow at me with words Right? Right. Had rejected me as I am, I would be in, inflamed with anger or emotion. And mm-hmm. I felt the whole being was on fire with anger. And so when I was reading this book about, oh, you're not your anger, I didn't understand it. Yeah. And I've now, in retrospect, after, you know, the experience of starting these body and breath work practices that have allowed me to raise my level of awareness um, or consciousness that I now have come up with a little metaphor for what was going on. And do you mind if I share it with you? Yeah, please do. Okay. So I think what happened was, uh, was, is that before we start, engaging in practices to raise our awareness. And maybe some people can do it without meditating. I don't know, but I need meditation (laughs) to do it. I'm speaking for myself. But before that time, it's like our mind and our consciousness are one. You know, it's like we – one way you can think of it is that our – think of two – Styrofoam coffee cups turned upside down without handles. And you can stack them on top of each other. Can you imagine yes. that? Okay. Now imagine separating the two coffee cups or styrofoam cups without handles a little bit. So they're still touching. One's on top of the other. Um, and you can think of the top one as being like our consciousness or our pure awareness, our pure awareness. And then you can think of the little coffee or the coffee cup handle this coffee cup under it, being like our mind or our emotion or mm-hmm. our thought. And if you put the two cups down together again, that's kind of the state I was in before I started practicing meditation and yoga. Right. You know, it was like something, someone shoot an arrow at me and I just felt it because yeah. my mind was kind of commingled with awareness. Yes. Yeah. But then as I started working with body and breath work, it was as if the awareness heightened One of th- that top cup went up, right? Yes. Yeah. And it was as if the emotion now was and this is in the words actually of a colleague of mine at UCLA, Doctor Francis Steen, he would say with with this awareness the emotion you can see is now limited. Mm-hmm. And that Uh, there's space around it, he would say. Mm -hmm. And that's what I agree. Because once your awareness heightens, there's space around the negative emotion. Right. And he says once you have that space, then you realize it's limited and you can deal with it. Yeah. And I think it's a brilliant analogy on his part, you know, talking about that space around the emotion. But that's what I think the heightened awareness that we gain through these practices enables us to do is to realize it's limited, and then we can deflect the arrows that come towards us in other direction. So instead of the arrows hitting that bullseye and we say, ow, we say, oh, look, the arrow's coming. And then we deflect it through flexibility of thought, you yeah. know. And there's,
0: for anyone that's sort of engaged in meditation or yoga, not just the physical practice, but mm-hmm. the entire philosophy of yoga is is that, that that you've described it so well in in the experience of it that there is you know, when you're not sort of inquiring into your own nature, you tend to be completely entangled with the contents of awareness rather than awareness of its, itself.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Thank you for saying it yeah. that way. That was so, so, so eloquent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's like if I, I tend to
0: image it in terms of, you know, awareness being the container and thoughts and emotions and everything being like the little, you know, Mm. objects within the container.
1: I love it. That's much easier than the coffee cups. (laughs) No, it works. It works
0: because we're describing the same thing. Absolutely. Okay. Good, good, good. Good. And it's that when you recognize that you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions, you're not your body, you're not those objects appearing in awareness, you have the opening to be the container rather than Mm. the body, the mind, the emotions and whatnot. Mm. So the entanglement... Dissolved, and and you're the field in which all of this, these mm. things are arising, and beautiful. it it gives you that freedom. It's like, oh, look, there is <laughs> I'm arising within what I am. Do I want <laughs>
1: to,
0: or do I want to play with something different? You know, you have right. that ability
1: freedom. to that freedom.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely, mm.
1: beautiful,
0: absolutely. So good. <laughs> so we've touched upon um, having you shared. The the ten illusions with us. Yes. Do you want me
1: to share them all with you? Let I can do that. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Let's see here. Illusion one. This for me is is the biggest one. Well, I shouldn't say the biggest. This is maybe the one I struggle with. No, I can't say it's the most because. All right. There's no isness. mean There's no (laughs) sness to it. Okay. Just is. Okay. Illusion one. I don't have enough time, Mm. and that's what I used to think is I didn't have enough time to be happy or I didn't have enough time to do what I loved, and now I've overturned that illusion, and I tell myself, we have enough time to do what we love. To think we don't have enough time is to lose it. To think we have enough time is to have it, Mm. and I realize that if I think I have enough time to do what I love, then I'm actually going to just do what I love, and I'll discover, oh, I had time to do it, right? Yep. And so so I I like to tell people, because I have a little consulting practice here, and I tell people whom I work with, when you think you don't have time, declutter your mind. And what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, go meditate.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Stop thinking that thought. Exactly. Yeah. So, And I liken the mind to a spinning wheel. Um, you know, sometimes it seems like the world outside us is moving so quickly, 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 so fast we can't catch up. And then I I remember, oh, it's not the world that's spinning so fast. Mm. It's my mind, my thoughts <laughs> that are spinning so fast. Right. But I need to go, you know, meditate and then slow down or, or, or even eliminate thought completely. And then you realize, oh, you know, I already have everything I want. All right. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. So here's illusion number two. Uh, there's no solution. So I felt like I thought that a lot uh, throughout my life. There's no way to do this. I don't know how to do this. There's no way. Well, now I tell myself there is a solution. We just don't know what it is yet. Hmm. And, and that gives me such a uplifting feeling. You know, um, even John Lennon said, you know, there are only solutions. And one of his songs, have you ever listened to his song, um, Watching the Wheels Go Round?
0: I have. And,
1: and have you listened to the lyrics? They're pretty fun to listen to, uh, at least if if you meditate, <laughs> because it's all about how the world thinks he's crazy because he's, he's jumped off the merry-go-round of, you know, what the material world wants of him
0: mm-hmm.
1: or what, you know, society wants of him, and he just does nothing but watch the wheels go round, and he's so happy. <laughs> and it makes me think of, you know, this little sutra or or inspirational quote, you know, choose your term, uh, make time to do nothing, you know. It's, doing nothing can be such a wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So, okay, you're ready for number three. Here's number three.
0: Okay.
1: I'm incapable. That's an illusion. And now I tell myself, instead, Wendy, to try is to succeed. So, and I've come to realize that if I just try to do something, that that's good enough.
0: Hmm. And so
1: now I pat myself on the back, even if I just tried, just as I would for like a three-year-old. Right, right. You know, we treat our, treat yourself as you would a baby lamb or a, a beautiful little child. You know, every child is beautiful. You know, so we tell ourselves good enough if we just try. That's enough. And maybe I can add to that um, with something I wrote to myself yesterday in my journal my journal now consists of scraps of paper which i just kind of pile together at this point but the idea was in the past i'd always heard no 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 and i'd come to expect you know people to continually tell me no i couldn't do it even with um you know writing the books that i i've only published one but i have an upcoming book series and other books but you know starting my own little consulting practice, doing all these things I wanted to do. I thought everyone would say, no, you can't do it. But I told myself, well, I'll just try, you Mm -hmm. know, expecting they'll say no. And they said yes, you know. So it's like you just got to try because you never know. You need to test. If you have limiting beliefs, you need to test them so you can find out what's really true. Perfect. Okay, good. So here's the fourth uh, illusion. I've written down, um, life is meaningless. And that's also what I had experienced up until my cancer uh, experience. And (sighs) I came to discover, Wendy, life is meaningful if you perceive meaning. Rather than search for meaning, create the meaning in your life. And that was like an awakening for me to realize wow, I can stop searching for meaning and simply create it.
0: Empowering empowering. and powerful.
1: Empowering, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, And then here's my fifth illusion, which I've transcended. I don't deserve to be happy. Mm. And, And now I know. I know it in my heart, and I know it from meditation. I just know, even from science, I would say. I know uh, we deserve to be happy happiness is what i call our basic state and i guess one reason why i think we deserve to be happy is well science shows that health de- deterioration goes hand in hand with stress or the perception of conflict i.e negative emotion <laughs> so and the absence of negative emotion, I've discovered experientially from my own experience, is joy. Mm. Or the absence of negative emotion is positive emotion. You know, it's it's like you just get rid of the negative emotion and you'll be blissed out, happy. <laughs> so it's, easy.
0: Yeah. It's the, under, the underlying essence of our being is that. Isn't bubbling, it? I don't know what to call it.
1: Bubbling joy.
0: Yeah, and it's it's masked by the stress, the negative yes. emotion.
1: Yes. It's almost like the negative emotion are clouds that cover up the sun of yes. our being. Hmm. And we just need to remember on a cloudy day that the sun is still shining. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. It's just these little clouds are covering up. Yeah. And we, if we are limited in our view, we're going to just see, see gray sky. But we have to remember, behind the clouds is, is shining brilliant luminosity, luminous sun, and that's the sun that all of us are. Hmm.
0: Beautiful. So, illusion number six.
1: Okay, illusion <laughs> six. I don't have enough money, and that's one I lived with for a really long time. I don't have enough money don't have enough money to be happy. Well, I've overturned that too. And I now believe we have enough money to be happy. Happiness is free. And I tell myself, Wendy, yoga is free. Meditation is free. Getting enough sleep each night is free. free. (laughs) You know, okay, the only thing, walks are free. The only thing I have to pay for is food, but we'd be paying for food anyway. So... Health But healthy food does make a huge difference, and I should put in a point about that um I've taken out all sugar from my diet and all meat, and I basically eat out of the box i just don't I don't only think out of the box, but I eat out of the box too and and I've found that that's really helpful for my happiness too um and on occasion i'll I'll, I'll try. You know, chocolate again, or food again, or I'll try caffeine again, and it just weighs me down. Mm -hmm. Um, And emotionally, I don't feel as happy. So I think diet can really play a role too. And you tested
0: that out for yourself, right? That's the that's the theme that we keep on coming back to: is test your assumptions about you know what works and doesn't work for you.
1: Exactly, test your own assumptions to find out what is true for you. (gasps) Hmm. And listen to your body, because it will tell you, you know, what it likes by how it responds. Listen to your heart. It will tell you what it likes by how it responds. I mean, following your heart is the pathway to happiness. I mean, that's another way of looking at it. Just continue to do what gives you joy and what, what you love, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> you mm. like it. It's all good.
0: So we're on right. to number seven.
1: All right, number seven. Okay. This is an illusion. I've hopefully, I hope, I hope, I hope hope I've transcended, but I may not have. I may still be working on it. I can control others. <laughs> I can't. I can't. The truth is we can't control others only ourselves. And um, you know, there have been circumstances in my life where I wanted people to change, so as an example um, well, I guess I won't give a name any names, but just as an example, there's um a, a seat at the table that I'd eat at every day, okay, and my seat at the table was always covered over with other people's clutter and Every day I would come to the table thinking, why won't they clear the place for me? They always just put books and newspapers in my place. Mm-hmm. And so finally I got smart, and I thought, oh, I'm just not going to eat at that table anymore. I'm just going to make my own little table, and now I have my own, you know, meal table, and I, my meal table is always clean, it's always clear, you know, so I stopped waiting for these people to change. right. And now I've taken action, realizing I can't change them, and now I have this beautiful little clear table that I get to eat my meals at. Mm. So so it doesn't change until you do. Right. That's what I've learned. Um, then the eighth illusion, which is one I've lived with for a long time and I recently overturned, is I don't have a choice. Mm. And. I've come to discover we have a choice. We just don't remember what our options are. And again, I think it really comes back to this idea of, you know, heightening our awareness where we can see our our emotion as being limited or see, you know, if arrows are coming at us. Well, with awareness, we can deflect those arrows whether it's through thought or by non-reacting, you know, not reacting to mm-hmm. things is a very powerful tool. But we want to cultivate the awareness so we have it when things happen so we can be acting rather than reacting. Um and so I talk about uh two two ideas. One is this idea of what I call choice points, which it, which I define as decision opportunities to make self-beneficial decisions. And so I would I would say that throughout our day, we have choice points, times during the day where we can decide, like at 12 o'clock, are we going to go take a walk and eat lunch outside or are we going to just keep working, you know? Well, if we choose to go outside on a walk and eat lunch in the sun instead of keep pounding at the keyboard, that's a self-beneficial decision because working with the body and breath and getting that relaxation is going to enhance our awareness uh-huh. and then once we have heightened awareness well, or clear mind then we'll make other good decisions when choice points or decision making opportunities arise and then if we make good choices then we'll be happy and there's a whole cycle, you know you, you make time to clear your mind you achieve clear mind, you make good decisions and then you're happy
0: uh-huh. and then
1: when you're happy you'll continue to clear your mind and you it cycles and that idea—I mean, even though it's my idea—it was based on what I read in a book called *Light on Life* by B.K.S. Mm. And I don't, you know, I don't know if he talked about it as as a exactly in those terms because I read the book many years ago. But that idea came from from my reading his book. Mm. So maybe he did say that.
0: Inspire it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a great, great book.
0: And number um, and nine.
1: Think, okay, number nine. Um, illusion nine I'm worthless which is what I believed for most of my life and now I know the truth which is we are precious we've merely forgotten and now it's time for us to remember Hmm. and then if you're ready for ten I can do ten let's do it alright let's do it so ten is actually my favorite one as you know I need somebody who loves me to be happy. And I've come to learn that we only need self-love, the awareness and experience of our inherent perfection beauty to be happy. And so instead I've come to discover that I am the love that I seek. And that's why I love Be Love Radio, because you are love and you help spread love consciousness that we are love. Mm. We are everything Everything we want. is already inside us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love that that's you know, the final the tenth illusion is, is that very core cool recognition that brings us back to ourselves. So, what a perfect perfect note to, to begin to wrap this conversation in. We are um, nearing the end of our show, but before we 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 do, I'd love for you to tell listeners how to get your first book, how to um, Ooh, get in touch I'm with so you excited. if they want to, and you know, keep, be updated on on your upcoming books as well. Great, so
1: great, great, so so let me make sure I got the question right. So let everyone know about how to get my first book and what else,
0: and just you know, if you have a website to let them know what that you, is,
1: so that I'd they can you. stay up
0: to date on oh, on what beautiful. you're doing.
1: Sure thing. Well, I invite you then to come to my um book website. Uh it's called socializationtheory.org or .com. You can go to either one. .com will take you to um the Euphoria Press website where my first book is published. It's called Towards a the General Theory of Social Psychology and in that book I explore uh these two forms of conflict of fundamental conflict internal versus external and uh it's a really exciting um journey that I would love you to join me on so feel free to get that book it's also on Amazon and it's called towards a the general theory of social psychology and my website I'd love you to come visit my website it's you can just go to i can And that will take you to uh, a page where you just get to see what people have been saying about what I've been sharing um, through my presentations. I'm also a speaker. Uh, I give workshops and keynotes and seminars. And then on the top left hand of that page, you can click home, and then you'll come to my home page and you'll get to read poetry and, and essays and music and a whole lot of inspirational creative stuff it's just me sharing what i have to share so thanks for your interest
0: Mm, thank you thank you thank you thank you so much wendy it's been a fulfilling hour I, i don't know what other word to use but you resonate and express so much of what be love radio is about so thank you for bringing all of yourself and for sharing it with us and i would absolutely love to have you on again and i'll be in touch um uh-huh. to coordinate that with you
1: it sounds excellent thank you kidess mm.
0: and that's our show for today everyone thanks for tuning in to be love radio you got your love all mine and then <laughs>